You are listening to Post Game Content, a show where we are still talking about video game company directs uh, yes, for a second uh, week in a row. <laughs> yes. Um, I mean, it's hard not to uh, mm-hmm. this time. <laughs> this yeah, time, there was a lot. Yeah, uh, and uh, a lot of Sinnoh. Um, mm-hmm. And I just, I just want to talk about Pokemon a lot. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, we're going to talk about Final Fantasy VII for, like, a little bit as well. Uh, yeah, Final Fantasy. Anyway, uh, uh, I don't really I'm know what else happened. I'm Kevin. <laughs> um, and, yeah, um, Pokemon directs Final Fantasy. Companies making videos for fans. Yep. It's crazy. Uh, what there a we concept. got FNAF as well. Oh, my God. I forgot Hooray. <laughs> I I keep seeing like random uh game theory like Matt Pat clips come up mm-hmm. on Twitter and I just I just think that's funny that that's yeah. like at least for me coinciding with the announcement like you know Five Nights at Freddy's announcements and stuff so yeah so I think that I just think that's really funny is that it, the two are inseparable no um, I mean honestly um like Matt Pat's many 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 videos on five nights at freddy's is like it's kind of like my buzzfeed unsolved in a way like yeah it's like i'm i'm, I'm invested at this point like i need to i need to know what happened. i need next. to know yeah listen <laughs> like they're not matpat doesn't make like, like matpat's not a a horrible person no <laughs> not at all and, and matpat and matpat doesn't make like terrible videos he just I think sometimes he gets lost, you know, in, in, in I, I don't know. I think he just I, gets I think, a little confused. He's a little misguided, but yeah, that's I off think, topic. I, I think when he gets egg on his face, it's a lot of egg, but that that's neither here nor yeah. there. Um, and, and he's usually pretty good about like, like being gracious about yeah. it. You know, he's like, all right, hey, he makes fun of himself and I can, I can get with that. So, but I agree. Like the, the five nights at Freddy's videos are, are like a guilty pleasure. Yeah, that, that's absolutely. Sure. Speaking of um, guilty pleasures, Pokemon um yeah um so we got we really got guilty pleasure uh well some of the game well i don't know well maybe pokemon legends might be a guilty pleasure we don't know we don't know um, actually that's true yeah so i guess uh the first i didn't i didn't watch any of these directs by the way i just kind of caught the headlines after but um yeah i didn't watch them live um yeah so the pokemon one we get the two big things they announced were um i guess we can just start with the one i already briefly mentioned was pokemon legends arceus yeah they're calling this game so there's a lot to unpack in the title alone because that to me indicates well i mean i guess first let's discuss what it looks like and it looks like legend of zelda breath of the wild uh featuring funny pokemon creatures yeah um and that's really all you need to know. I, I, I don't know. You're you're better off just watching it. Um, yeah, but... I mean, I'm. I, it it looks. I don't know. It look it. I someone said this on Twitter the other day, and I said, and it's like you know, uh, if if it wasn't Game Freak making this game, I would be excited. Um, yeah, because the way it looks. That's fair. Just based on this initial trailer is like oof. They they, they no it lessons looks, were learned from sword and shield. It looks rough around the edges. It does. Yeah, it looks pretty rough. 
Um, I think conceptually this looks pretty good. Yeah. I think, you know, like I, I, I'm holding out hope that this is early footage. Um, I'm holding, I, I mean, it's not like Nintendo, it, Nintendo, that's very out of character for Nintendo. They wouldn't, they mm-hmm. wouldn't show early footage is the thing. They don't usually do that. Um, so that's what's kind of alarming to me is like, <laughs> yeah, it's early, right? It's, it's early. It's early, right? Yeah. Like, this is going to be like worked out and like, I, well, I don't know, man. Said... If it, if it's slated for 2022, I don't know. Like, I mean, they they have a year to work this stuff out. Hopefully, you know, frame rate and visuals sort of. I mean, there's one screenshot I saw where like where like there, there's a tree with like this really horrible low res like JPEG texture of like birch. You know, mm-hmm. do you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. And, and like, yeah. and I was just like, seriously, like, I, I, look, I, I don't want to nitpick sword and shield because i don't it, i no mean one, no one wants to hear it anymore no one wants to yeah, hear it yeah, anymore. It, yeah. it's been said you know like sword and shield don't look that great um i kind of you know i kind of cut them some slack by saying you know like hey this this came out a year this this was in they made this in a year basically like they had a year to make essentially a new end two years essentially to make a new engine and a main a mainline pokemon game featuring new stuff and, and all that. And I think that's a problem, you know, and, and people have talked about that, about how like yearly Pokemon games have like led to the decline in their quality. Um, but typically, I mean, throughout all of Pokemon's history, the games have always, always been released within two years of each other. Yeah. Um, so two years or less, you know, it's usually two years with at the one year mark, there's like some sort of director's cut or a sequel in the case of gen five, you know, mm-hmm. sequel, um, third version or remake, right? Whatever. Um, so I don't know, like, I just, I guess let's go with sort of the half step, but, but basically what I'm trying to get at here is that like, clearly you're right. There are no, there were no lessons learned. And I really was hoping that they'd go for something a little more stylized, at least, mm-hmm. you know, like, like if they were, you know you're working on the switch like you know you know yeah. you're working on this limited platform you know you you know this now you can do this i believe in you but yeah i agree I mean, with that sentiment i mean you think about it like this little, where it's like like breath of the wild which you know title lot lot wasn't you know was built for wii u hardware yeah um and it looks it looks better than what we've seen so far of Pokemon Legends. I mean, I the the and that's one that's not saying that's not saying Breath of the Wild is necessarily graphically, you know, superior. It just it just that is to say, you know, th- that it worked within its limits better. Yeah. Well, I would even I mean, y- you know, we I you're right. I mean, we don't know the full limitations of Pokemon Legends. I mean, it, it you know, it might have like all 700 plus Pokemon in it and like, you know, that that will weigh on the hardware, but like I mean, just, you think about the expansiveness of Breath of the Wild, you think about, like, I mean, people spend, like, hundreds and hundreds of hours in that game, like, constantly finding new stuff. Yeah. And then Um, we, like, Sword and Shield, for instance, which is, you know, I, you know, I understand that they're different kinds of games, but. Definitely. um, it, It, it just, like. I mean, it goes I, back to the like argument about evolution. Like, you know, they 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 saw a new generation. Nintendo saw a new generation, not only in terms of players, but in terms of hardware. And they and they made a choice to make Breath of the Wild 
the way that it was. Mm-hmm. And that choice wasn't made with Sword and Shield. They they yeah. they looked at the new system. They looked at you know the the new crowd essentially, and they basically said we're gonna make sun and moon too like essentially Mm -hmm. and and, or at least try to reinvent sun and moon because because you know you get new gimmick new region new like i don't know it's the same formula and pokemon has always been really formulaic and that there's nothing wrong well i won't say there's nothing wrong with it but for the most part um It, it, it is rarely like the part of a pokemon game that like hurts it the most right but there but there are elements where you know that have been changed over the years and those elements ended up being or those changes rather ended up being like greatly appreciated so i don't know i yeah i guess what i'm it, it's very hard to unpack all of it right now but definitely because this, this is pretty much yeah. like a fresh reaction um because we just got it this morning basically mm-hmm. this information and, and so i don't know i've been sitting on it um yeah something something i'm sure we'll talk about moving forward um do you want to talk about the other thing that they announced, which was uh, C- uh, Sinnoh last. remakes? At last, the Sinnoh remakes. Look, yep. I, I don't know. I, I've been seeing a lot of things said about the Sinnoh remakes, and it seems like some people... I saw this one really angry tweet like where someone was like, these, these games were some of the most uh, impactful Pokemon games. How dare you disrespect them by making it in this style? This is lazy and unexcusable or something. And it's just this really like bitter, yeah. angry tweet. And then you just see this screenshot of Dawn <laughs> like, <laughs> like looking just kind of like, you know, as yeah. she does. And she, I don't know. Um, it's really funny to me. <laughs> yeah, it's I mean, I, I you know, I'm I'm happy that people like Gen 4. I really am. It was Gen 4 was my first generation uh-huh. of Pokemon. But I th- I think more than any other Pokemon generation, uh Gen 4, uh ha- there's a lot of people with rose tinted glasses, you know. I th- Yeah, I don't There's so much bullshit in Gen 4. <laughs> um, Dude, I I love all the memes where it compare cuz like I don't know if you how how much if ever you've gone back to play gen 4 but if you do and you're not playing platinum it's a slog dude yeah. like i i want to bang my head against a table every time i watch the health bar drop like <laughs> i uh i lost my diamond cartridge actually so i yeah. my only version of gen 4 uh is platinum so it's the one that i have the most like knowledge nice. of and when even I'm... like platinum has stuff about it that bothers yeah. me <laughs> i mean comparatively platinum is amazing but oh uh, um, yeah yeah absolutely yeah. Um, no you're not fighting galactic runs with the level 40 wormples that's like the one part <laughs> of diamond i remember is <laughs> there's a grunt with a level 40 wormple um i um i specifically remember i had so i had pearl when i was younger and um i I don't know what happened. I don't know how it happened, but somehow um, my dog chewed my copy of Pearl. Oh my and, gosh. And uh, it was like, and he was like a little Boston Terrier. So like he wasn't mm-hmm. a big dog, so it didn't destroy the cart. Yeah, right? yeah. It, it still existed. I It fit in my DS. I was like, oh, okay, whatever. Um, but there was some like, obviously it was damaged and I didn't know to what extent until there's some, I don't remember because it's been so long, but there's some part where you're in a city and you are doing a rival battle and um you can't progress to the next route 
uh, unless you do this rival battle. Like they're just kind of gatekeeping you. Mm-hmm. And um, nothing about the game had seemed wrong. Like I'd played through all of the game up until this point, basically. Um, most of my time spent with Pearl was after it had been chewed up. Um, and I get to this point and the game crashed after the battle ended every time. Oh, and no. I can't, I can't help but can, like, you know, attribute that to my dog. Um, so, uh, I don't know. It was just, it was just really funny. I, I eventually, this was also around the time where I, I had gotten my first action replay. So my workaround was just, you know, walk through the wall and skip that like interaction. And that's what I did. I never did that. Um, I never did that, uh, that, uh, rival battle. And, uh, I remember when I went back and played platinum, cause I eventually got my hands on a copy of platinum, um, when I went back and played Platinum, I uh, I basically did the same thing, not out of necessity, but just because I thought, you know, like, why not? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I have to replay it the way I replayed it or the way I had originally played it. So I skipped the rival battle uh, in honor of in honor of my dog. Uh, yeah, I I mean, it. <laughs> it's funny. I mean, I feel like I, I got a lot of memories with Gen 4, you know. Um, it was like the first part of the anime as well that I got really into, but... Mm. I mean, you know, we talked a little bit earlier in the day about how we sort of feel about this art style. Um, I think it's fine. I, I kind of like it. I mean, like, I I know, I don't know, I don't really remember 100% what you had said about it, but my, my takeaway was, like, I can't imagine them accurately recreating, uh, accurately recreating the Sinnoh region in the style of Legends um yeah i mean and 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 i'm not expecting i mean you know i wasn't expecting like sword and shield or anything like no you know i don't want the wild areas uh right for me what it is is like um so i i think the in battle uh models uh you know they they look fine uh the trainer models and stuff like that yeah um what I don't really like is the overworld sprites, like, or the overworld models where it's like, <laughs> it, it looks like they just made no. 3D models based They're... on the 2D sprites. Yeah, I, love, I like it. <laughs> I, for me, it's just too, I, I don't know. It's, it's I a bit of a disconnect. Um, I understand. I see. I, but at the same time, like, I don't know what I expected because, because on, on one hand, I, so when when we got the Gen three remakes, they made it in the Gen six engine, and I and I understand, and you know that makes perfect sense because, but only because X and Y still had a grid like in place, you know mm-hmm. X and Y still have that grid. I don't think Gen seven really has a grid per se. So no, like Gen seven doesn't have a grid. So like yeah, so seeing, I feel like seeing. I don't know. It it, it makes to me it makes sense why we just didn't get a straight like a straight like remake in the new engine because it, it just wouldn't work. The game yeah. wouldn't be the same. And I understand that. So, you know, you have to look at this from game freaks perspective, I think where you have basically like people have been wanting remakes for these uh, of these games for years, even if game freak wanted to just go crazy when they remade the Sinnoh region, that wouldn't be necessarily what people have been asking for. So mm-hmm. the way I see it is I think, you know, people are going to complain either way. I think the, I think the models, the overworld models are just a consequence of that i because i honestly i think it would be even more jarring if we had basically what 
the equivalent of like Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire, like that th- that 3D style, you know? I think it'd be yeah. more jarring if we saw that. Um, yeah, because, I could see. I could because see not that. only because not only would th- this not be what we had originally, like it wouldn't look like Gen Four as we know it, but it would also seem like a step backwards in terms of uh, where we are with Pokemon. So they kind of were in a weird position, I think. I, you know, from a from a creative standpoint, I think it looks it looks fine. It's probably not the best it could have been, but yeah. I, I definitely think it's far from the worst it could have been. I I understand the sort of Link's Awakening uh, approach to it. So well, here's here's my thing is like because um, like I really like the way the Link's Awakening remake looks and um the gorgeous remake yeah uh but to me like it feel it felt like that had more like identity to it like um link's awakening has like this very like you know it it looks like a toy box like everything has this like plastic sheen to it yeah um whereas like this just kind of looks like blobs more or less like it's okay it's it's not immediately recognizable to me as like um you know like little figurines or whatever yeah no i understand that 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 definitely is um that's pretty valid uh what the the real question though tom is what did you think of the palkia dialga statue um it it looks pretty cool um it's not what I imagined the statue to look like because it like I thought it was gonna be more um like I've always seen it I've always seen it in uh in platinum as like it it's got four legs as opposed to two. Um, well that's the thing. The sprite was designed to look like either or if you're playing platinum right, if right. you're playing platinum, it's just bronze, so you can't tell. But in Pearl, it's colored like Palkia, and then in diamond it's colored like the alga and i always thought that was really cool but i think this statue is i don't know to me when i look at the statue we haven't gotten like a long look at it i've seen some stills posted but they're not of the best quality um so i don't know when i look at it i see too much of dialga i don't see enough palkia in it i i think that's fair enough it will be i'm a little upset because i'm (laughs) one of the people that bought pearl god damn it so (laughs) I want to see my giant space dragon, not my stupid time dragon. It's giant space dragon, which is somehow a water type. Well, what um, would you have made it? Uh, space type? I'm going to cop out and say fairy. Fairy dragon, even though it okay. didn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I'll allow it. <laughs> actually, thinking about it, I guess that would... I can't really make it fairy because that would give Dialga I mean what makes what advantage. makes time steal I don't know like I clocks I guess <laughs> I, I don't know <laughs> I guess it, I, I guess thinking about it it's never really made a lot of sense for either of them but uh I feel like I feel like I don't know yeah I don't know I can't even think of anything else that would be time I, I just yeah whatever uh all right. either of them really makes sense but so moving on to the uh next next things of news from the PlayStation state of play so, so much play. Final Fantasy VII again. Um, so I, I don't even know where to start here. I guess we can start with the small stuff in that uh, we're getting getting Final Fantasy VII Battle Royale in the form of finally Final Fantasy VII First Soldier. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> 
looks okay. <laughs> I don't know why Final Fantasy VII, uh, an extremely story rich, uh, you know, rich single player game, needed a battle royale mode, but you know, looks harmless enough, I guess. Don't you want to be like, you know, NPC number sixty-seven or whatever, mm-hmm. and like yeah. in Final Fantasy world? I mean, it. You know, I personally, I've always been a bigger fan of NPC number sixty-eight. But ah, um, uh, yeah. You know, I, I, I think I can live with sixty-seven. Uh, the lore of sixty-eight is really intricate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. like uh, it's like it's like Henchman Twenty-One from the Venture Brothers. You know, <laughs> where he's like a whole character. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I um, I wasn't really too interested in the state of play. I don't really have much to say on it. Uh, yeah. I I will say um, only because I'm a super like a mega fan of Hyperlight Drifter. Like it's one of my favorite games of all times, uh, of all times. Time one singular time. Um, all times. Whatever. All all of the timeline in every single timeline, Hyperlight Drifter is at least in my top ten. Um, <laughs> but uh. Yeah, Heart Machine has Solar Ash, and that's going to be on PS4 and PS5, so that'll be cool. Um, I don't know. I'm just interested to see what Heart Machine does after Hyperlight Drifter because I never, I never thought Hyper. Well, so the story behind Hyperlight Drifter is is kind of impressive. I don't know if you know it, uh, Tom, but just to give you the flash, uh, the the crash course, I guess, um, if you will. Um, the, the director, the guy who had the idea for the game was like, hey, I have this like horrible heart disease and I don't know if I'm going to live to see the creation of this idea that I have. So I'm going to try really hard and, and make it before I potentially die. And so this guy gets a small team together, makes Hyperlight Drifter and it's and Hyperlight Drifter is about living with a terminal disease and not really knowing when it's going to get you. You know, that's mm-hmm. sort of like the 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 plot if you can discern it from the cutscenes because Hyperlight Drifter has no dialogue or no uh, no text other than like explaining controls. Um so basically I thought that was the end of it. You know, like Hyperlight Drifter came out, it was successful, and I thought it was sort of like a, a check off the bucket list for this guy, basically. And you know, mm-hmm. good for him. Um but uh I, I didn't expect that studio to put out anything else so solar ash is i will watch solar ash with great interest basically yeah definitely um the two the two other final fantasy 7 things uh just real quickly um was we're getting a ps5 version of it which makes a lot of sense a final fantasy 7 uh remake intergrade which uh, is going to add content relating to uh, Yuffie, who's one of, the, of course, one of the original party members of Final Fantasy VII. Um, don't know how I feel about this necessarily. Um, I mean, Final Fantasy VII Remake's a pretty good game. We know it's going to be episodic, so it makes me wonder, like, you know, all episodic games are good. Just look at Sonic Four. Mm, that's that's true. Yeah, Episode Three was a was a real banger of Sonic Sonic Four. Episode three is probably the best episode of Sonic Four, yeah. um, and that's a serious comment. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that looks okay. The most baffling one to me is um, Final Fantasy VII Ever Crisis, which is they they remade the game again, Kevin. 
and it's also oh, yeah. episodic. Oh yeah. Um, and but it's the original story now, not whatever the remake story is going to end up being. Um, yeah. Man, and, how like how can how confusing can one series plot yeah. get? <laughs> It's, like, it's not even one series. It's one game within one series. I know. It's, um, like, it's like, imagine if they made Metal Gear Solid again, but they were like, actually, we're going to make it a different plot. But if you really want to play Metal Gear Solid again in HD, then we'll also make that. But like, and, oh. and, and the crazy part to me about this is that they are including every part of the compilation of Final Fantasy VII. So that includes... Uh, uh, Crisis Core, which is a pretty good game. Uh, Dirge of Cerberus, which is the crappy third-person shooter. The movie, uh, Final oh, Fantasy VII crappy. Advent Children. Um, and the mobile phone game about the Turks, which I can't Yes, remember. I love the mobile phone game about the Turks. <laughs> which I think was, I think it was Japan only, thinking about it. Um, Japan's always hogging the Turks to themselves. Yeah. Um... <laughs> <laughs> are you familiar with the Turks in Final Fantasy VII, or do you think I'm talking about people from Turkey? <laughs> no, I totally am envisioning people from Turkey. I have no idea what you're talking about. I am like a, I am like a complete outsider to the Final Fantasy series. Um, yeah, the sh- I'll give you the short version, Kevin, and that uh, the compilation of Final Fantasy VII I think is five games, five five, you know, separate properties. Uh-huh. And uh, one of them is uh, good, and that's Crisis Core. Um, okay. And they're gonna. And one of them is about Turks. Yeah, one of them's about a vampire with a gun. One of them's about the Turks. <laughs> one of them's some anime nonsense about uh, coronavirus. That's that's all of the um... Final Fantasy games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, so we're gonna see how that works with them, like integrating everything into the story, but. I take back what I said. All of the Final Fantasy games pre SNES, like all the any the the three or what four NES. Uh, I think it's actually only three. Three, three yeah. NES. Uh, three NES Final Fantasy games are are the only ones I have actually any um any experience with, and a little bit of Final Fantasy VII. I I played oh that my on. God, on yeah. wait, we need to fix this immediately. <laughs> I, I own it. I own it. I just haven't played it. Um. Well, not well. I mean, seven is like it's it's pretty good, honestly. I don't like it as much as nine or ten, but uh-huh. um, yeah. You you mentioned back. I mean, when we did this show live uh, on campus, um, you talked about nine. I remember, and I remember being really interested in it. Um, yeah, but whatever. Uh, we, we, we we'll, do, we'll <laughs> how about this <laughs> when when I finish Fallout New Vegas, which uh, will be pretty soon. I most likely. Ooh. We 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 can we can get you to play Final Fantasy Nine on on the Switch. Okay. Um. All right. So, well, I guess keeping the sort of RPG train going, even though they're more like adventure games. Uh, Legend of Zelda turns thirty-five this year. Um. Yep. Another one on the board. Yep. Another another tally up on the on the I'm tally right. board. The board with the tallies on it to keep yep. track of your age in years. I wonder what the next one is. Uh, Metroid um, would be the next anniversary. Uh, I guess. Maybe. I don't know. Either well, way. Don't forget F-Zero. <laughs> but Kevin, <laughs> Nintendo has already forgotten F-Zero. <laughs> no, <laughs> Captain Falcon. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? The anime? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> God, that, 
that anime like actually looks really good. I really want to watch it. I've I've heard good things actually. I really um, really want to watch it. Like it it this apparently from what I can discern from like random scenes that I've seen uh, of of that anime like uh I guess Captain Falcon works like All Might from yep. <laughs> from uh from my hero and I guess like just it's a mantle that like you get and I I, I, again, I don't know anything about it really, but I like to imagine that whoever puts on the Captain Falcon helmet just immediately gains the ability to like Falcon <laughs> punch. Like that's just... <laughs> that'd be awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so we in, in this conversation about F Zero, uh, we yeah. decided we should talk uh, about just, Zelda. Yeah, talk about Zelda and uh, maybe go over some of our our favorite dungeons uh just as as a little thing i think uh, i think we should also touch on our least favorite if you can yeah, if you I, have if one that if one comes readily available to your mind i think that would be fun i think that's a good idea uh why, okay. why don't you start kevin okay my favorite dungeon okay so i didn't really think about this too hard um but the first like you know gut gut uh, gut response is um is uh the earth temple from wind waker the i think mm. that's is that the one with medley it, it regardless the one with medley is the one yeah, that comes yeah. to mind um and that's just because like like when i was younger medley was my best friend <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and so was makar but i don't i didn't really care for makar's dungeon that much oh um, yeah i did like makar makar is awesome don't get me wrong, probably my favorite Zelda character, but um, something about having my bird friend, my bird sister, if you will, um, come come on an adventure with me, that that, that was fun. I, I don't know, that, that one just stuck with me. Uh, Wind Waker was one of the first Zelda games that I had played growing up like with my GameCube and stuff, so uh, I just got a lot of fond memories of that that one. I, I don't know, I, I, liked, I liked a lot of the puzzles, um, it was just really enjoyable. I, I don't really know what else to to say about it. I liked the music a lot, which seems like a weird thing to say because it's kind of like it's kind of a spooky dungeon, you know. It's a little yeah. spooky. I think that's the one where like all of the um like the Redeads attack or something or or whatever mm-hmm. the equivalent was in Wind Waker. I don't know if they were actually Redeads, but there was some like undead element to it, and there was like the fog that ate you basically and i don't know it was kind of a creepy place so it's weird that i enjoyed it so much but um anyway i always so while while we're talking about it though i always i I wanted to mention um i always thought as a kid that it was backwards that i thought makar should have been the the earth temple and because he's grass and Mm -hmm. um and medley being a goddamn flying bird human thing should have been the wind temple person but yeah you know i I don't make the rules i guess i just (laughs) i just have i just take my bird sister on adventures and and my seed brother on a on a quest i guess i don't know whatever uh i'm i'm surprised uh you you didn't say the first uh dungeon that you do with medley um because uh that's actually one of my favorite zelda dungeons as well that wasn't the one that like i specifically picked but we can can talk about it real quick is that um that's not uh, the volcano itself. Are you talking about the volcano? Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Valu's Mountain, I think. Valu's like Mountain, yeah. Um, because um, 
I mean, I think um, that one is like, really good. There, there's so many, especially. I don't know if you play. Did you play uh, the HD remake? I did. Yeah. Dude, the volcano looked really beautiful. It, it looks awesome. Yeah. It looks awesome because you're swinging across over the lava with the grappling hook. Yeah, dude, that was awesome. That was sick. Yeah, the, I think the grappling hook is like a pretty fun item. I don't know that it replaces the hook shot in my heart necessarily, but it, it's pretty the good. The grappling hook was a lot of fun because I remember. I remember just getting a lot of use out of it. Like what I really liked about Wind Waker is it really justified the every item's existence. Like the mm-hmm. grappling hook isn't just your grappling hook. It's also the salvage claw. It's also a method of getting like materials from from mobs. Um like like uh the necklaces and basically right. spoils bag stuff. So it adds to that mechanic. The the grapple mechanic itself is just really fun like swinging across stuff. Um, so I don't know. To me, that was really fun. Um, the other great part, I think Valor's Mountain actually has like a really big, uh, has a really great boss fight as well. Yeah, because uh, you're swinging the... across a dragon's butt fighting yeah, like exactly. this giant bug. Like, <laughs> dude, what more do you want? Um, yeah. Valor's got... uh, screams of like utter pain, though, always kind of made me uncomfortable. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, fair enough. Those, uh, those always made me a little concerned for the dude's health. I, I, I was, I felt a little bad, you know. Yeah. Um. <laughs> the, the, the first one that I was gonna pick was, um, was oh gosh, I can't remember what it's called, but it's the first dungeon that you do when you go to Linear Desert in, um, uh, Skyward oh, Sword. Oh yeah. Um, are you talking about the one? Not not the one where you see Impa go through the gate, right? Not no, that one. No, because that one's awesome. <laughs> that, that one is awesome. Yeah, uh, honestly, um, uh, I've been Skyward, thinking. A, yeah. Skyward Sword has some pretty great dungeons. Just the problem is that you have to revisit each area twice. Yeah. Um, so my, I one thing I I've been thinking a lot about Skyward Sword since we heard the port was announced, and I remember just this feeling of like, you know. One of the one of the things Skyward Sword does does way better than any other Zelda game, in my opinion, is uh, establishing that relationship between Link and Zelda outside of like some sort of mm-hmm. like otherworldly bond, and that kind of makes sense considering that this is supposed to be the beginning of the timeline, you know. So like, yeah, like there really that shouldn't be known, you know. That legend shouldn't be known yet. There is no legend of Zelda yet, so mm-hmm. um, so it makes a lot of sense to me. Um. But I remember when I was younger feeling this like intense sensation of like, I have to find, like, I have to catch up to Zelda basically. Cause the right. whole time she's always like a, a couple steps ahead, but each time it gets a little closer and a little closer. And then finally, you know, at Lanayru Desert, you're there and you see her, you physically see her and she waves to you like, like she reaches out to you as Impa basically like pulls her through the, mm-hmm. uh, pulls her through the um, gate. And that was always like, like, damn, like she was right there. And I, I don't know. I just thought that was like a really powerful moment from that game. It was really good. Yeah. Um, Yo, is it the second dungeon? The second trip is when you fight Kaloctos, right? I think so. I don't yeah. remember. Uh, something like that. I, I believe so. But um, yeah, Kaloctos is a is a fantastic boss fight, as many people have pointed out. Is that the is that the one with all the arms or is that yep. something else? Okay, yeah, that one is awesome. <laughs> you pick up the sword and you just like cut yeah, it. Yeah, as soon as you, you beat said, him with like, his own sword. <laughs> yeah, as soon as you said like cool uh, 
Skyward Sword boss, I was like, oh, I know that one. Like, <laughs> that's, that's the that's the arm guy. Yeah. Um, um, I also I, like, you know, also Lenayru Desert is actually probably my favorite segment of um, Skyward Sword because I also really liked the um, the thing where you're basically sailing across the sand ocean mm-hmm. and like you're flying around with the time crystal things and yeah, uh, the the time stuff is like really why that first. I mean, it's in the area before, uh, yeah. but also the dungeon itself is like the, I think the time can the time gimmick is uh, is really well thought out and uh, is, I liked is it a lot. Cool. It ties in. Not only does it like make for a fun mechanic, but and specifically tie into that level, but it or that area rather, but it also just ties into like a lot of the themes of of uh, Skyward Sword in general. Like, there's a Definitely. lot of themes of like change and like you know just decay or growth depending on you know what happens in in, mm-hmm. in a span of time but so i don't know i think it's really cool um i also really liked the like uh the kraken fight essentially on the yeah boat. that was that was cool that was that was cool um and and the whole segment where you're riding around in the minecart thing or i guess i don't know if it's i can't remember if it's actually a minecart but it's some sort of like rail thing where you have to hit all these um switches to make sure your path goes the right way do you remember what i'm talking about yeah vaguely yeah yeah i don't I remember, remember there where. being a minecart yeah if only if only there was some way for me to play this game on switch but <laughs> i don't know well <laughs> um yeah and then we just um, cut to like the last the the last week's episode <laughs> <laughs> um at th- all right, so we went through those pretty quick. We can do we can do another we can do like second favorites or just like other other dungeons that come. Yeah, to mind. I, I mean I, I mean now I'm just thinking about a bunch of dungeons. So I, yeah. I, I that's kind of why I rushed through mine because as soon as I started talking, I was like, oh oh man, there's there's a lot that I want to talk about. Definitely. Um, I don't know. I I think another one that comes to mind is um is uh uh the stone tower in Majora's Mask. I was I was kind of thinking about that one, and it's like. I, I, I love the gimmick um, of, like, switching. It's just, I, I, you know, I think what holds back a lot of Majora's Mask dungeons for me is when you're getting the, the great fairies. Yeah, I mean, that's a problem with all of them, I think. So yeah. I, I just ignore them. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I, I just really like the stone tower I and... Um, the castle what was the castle called that you go to in the valley um is it just Icona castle i think it's just Icona castle but i couldn't remember um yeah but um, castle is also a lot of fun have you ever um have you ever worn yeah. the bremen mask um in when you go to that part um the, like the, the chicken mask? mask is that the chicken yeah um no i haven't what, what happened um the the redead start like busting a move when you have that's it. awesome <laughs> uh it's really funny yeah <laughs> isn't that is it wait isn't that how you help um there's a cabin in the in the valley it's god it's been so long i i've been doing a playthrough um of majora's mask on my 64 um and I hadn't before. I originally played the 3DS remake. That's how I was introduced to the game. So this is like an interesting experience for me going back mm-hmm. and, and replaying or playing the older one for the first time. Um, it's not what I was going to talk about this week for what I've been playing, but because I've it, I've been slowly chipping away at it and I don't have enough to really talk about it. But um, 
isn't there a part in the in the uh in the in the valley there's a cabin or something and there's a guy in the basement yeah yeah how do you do that interaction doesn't that involve one of doesn't that invo- involve like the chicken mask or like you do you wear some mask to like get the redead out of there right i, I don't um I, or maybe you just kill the redead i don't know it's been, I, don't I thought it was the song of healing oh um, that's right yeah yeah um yeah because you you know what because you get the um the gibdo mask from that guy i believe dude i um so speaking of uh song of healing um and, and just songs and stuff in general like whatever uh majora's mask stuff i remember being so terrified um because when the <laughs> i didn't i didn't know anything really about majora's mask other than that people liked it a lot mm-hmm and I knew about like a lot of like, you know, I knew about the Ben Drown creepypasta and stuff. And um, I didn't know that it, it derived from an actual feature in the game. I didn't yeah. know that the Link statue was a real thing. Like, I didn't know that's what was going to happen. So when that happened in the 3DS game for me, I was just like, what? <laughs> and uh, I, like, I, I lost my mind. I was just I just kind of looked at it for a second. I was just like, um. Yeah, okay. those are How the. The LEG of emptiness is like really creepy. <laughs> like, um... Yeah. And, and like in all forms, like every mat, like it's not just the link mask. I don't know why people fixate on the, or the link mask, the link statue. I don't know why people fixate on it. It's all of them. All of them are really creepy. <laughs> all Every well, statue you make with it is, is terrifying. Yeah. It's like, um, it's like the, the masks like corpses or something, but um, basically uh, the, I, I don't know if you know this, but the I, I think I can't remember if it's been proven true or not. But the uh, the link the uh, statue is Miyamoto's face. Yeah, yes. it's Miyamoto's face. Yes. Yes. And um, I can't wait to see that in uh when I when I get to it eventually in in my current playthrough of yeah of that game. Um, you know what's another one? really good dungeon is um. I've always had a fun. I think Twilight Princess has some of the best dungeons, honestly. Uh huh. Twilight um, Princess is good. It, well, I, Twilight Princess has great dungeons until you've played it as many times as I have, and then you hate every single one because you can never remember: is it mirrored or is it not mirrored? And <laughs> and I will yeah. never like. I will never be okay. I will. <laughs> I I've I, been I, cursed. <laughs> I have a funny story. Uh, uh-huh. Real quick, um, I first played Twilight Princess on the Wii, which of course was mirrored. Mirrored. Um, and I just remember, like, I don't know why, like, I just had like such a hard time with the first dungeon. Um, and it, like, I got past it, but it's just like it left such a, you know, terrible taste in my mouth. Um, uh, which dungeon is that? Is that um, that's the one with the, the one with the monkeys? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and I was like, I just, I couldn't figure it out. Um, and then I played it again on the Wii U and maybe it was just because I had memories, you know, lingering of the Wii version. Uh, yeah. but I, 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 did it basically in like one shot and I was like, wow, that was pretty fun. Um, <laughs> and it's actually, uh, I have a soft spot for that dungeon, honestly. Um, well, you probably weren't playing with motion controls the second time around. <laughs> no, I wasn't. <laughs> so, so that might've helped. Um, yeah. Um, I think man. that's up there. And then um the dungeon where you get the the top uh item um yeah is, is i don't remember what which one that is but yeah yeah and you fight um it's so pointless dude i hate the top it is so pointless but it's 
freaking cool while you have it. <laughs> it is. I, I and I I remember getting really excited when I saw it in um Hyrule Warriors because I was yeah. just like I was like yeah the top <laughs> the spinner. <laughs> um. Yeah, and uh, such a great boss fight as well in that dungeon where you fight like mm-hmm. um. I, 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 sorry, sorry, I. Um, my phone lit up as you were talking, and I, I still have my background set to that toad picture. <laughs> so, so if you've if you've seen my, <laughs> I tweeted a picture of toad. It was just a zoomed, hyper zoomed in picture from like the box art of the new, <laughs> the, the new Mario, uh, Golf. Mario Golf, and and I forgot I set that as my phone background. So Thomas just talking like, yeah, that boss fight was really good, and then Toad's just like <laughs> beaming face, just like smiling at me. <laughs> Well, I, I don't. It. I don't know how I can, can continue past that. Uh, I don't know how either. Um, I you can... know Tom before before we move on off the Zelda thing though, and I know Toad interrupted us, but he did uh, make me think of uh, make me think of something. Um, his little vest that he's wearing in this picture reminded me of Link's little um conductor's outfit from Spirit Tracks, and spirit tracks is one of my favorite zelda games um because it was one of the first ones that i played um after i had initially played wind waker i think i had played uh i don't know which one i played after that i know i played wind waker and then i know i played minish cap at some point but i don't remember when that was but yeah um uh spirit tracks was one of my first zelda games and there's one dungeon and I can't remember where it is. I think it's in the desert, um, the desert section. Um, but it's the it's the dungeon where you get the snake whip, and that item is so awesome. The whip is so much fun to use in that game, uh, and that's all I really wanted to say is that mm. that that game is awesome. And I know the controls are a little funky. I know you know it, they're very unique and and a little unorthodox, but spirit tracks way up there spirit tracks is leaps and bounds better than uh phantom hourglass but phantom hourglass is the one that everyone remembers for some reason and it makes me mad yeah Um, i i've heard i think phantom hourglass is more like infamous than anything else just because of well it has lineback so it's famous for that yeah that's true lineback Um, Lineback is like the original Groose um in the zelda fandom um in that, like, he's just kind of incompetent, but everyone loves him. I think people just remember the motion, the not motion controls, the stylus controls, and um, the whole gimmick of Phantom Hourglass, where you, you know, it's one dungeon. Um, right. And that was horrible. Um, but, and also, like, so the thing is, is that the stylus controls in, um, in Phantom Hourglass are pretty bad. Um, not not necessarily how Link controls, but how the boat controls. I hate mm-hmm. how the boat controls because it's so intrusive. But the train controls are so much fun because you're on a track, so you never have to worry about steering outside of flicking a lever every now and then. So you can you actually have time to like think about other things that are happening in the world. The the worst part about Phantom Hourglass is as you're going around the overworld and you constantly have to interact with things on the touch screen but every yeah. now and then you have to pause and replot your course and it's just ah it's just annoying but you don't have to worry about that and spirit tracks <laughs> you can just you know you're, you're on a train yeah. anyway i just think that's 
really creative. Like I don't think in any other situation, I can't think of any other situation where restricting player movement would be like that beneficial, but it, it works. It works in spirit track. So Definitely. moral of the story, play spirit tracks 100% it. So you can get the, um, the conductor's uniform. Um, and, you know, we were talking about Skyward Sword earlier and the Link Zelda relationship uh, in that game. Uh, Phantom Hourglass also has a really, 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 really good um, Zelda Link dynamic because she's your companion for the entire game and she just kind of follows you around and it's adorable. I um, remember the one thing I, I've, so I've never played Spirit Tracks. Um, uh-huh. You should. Um, yeah, <laughs> apparently so. But um, I do remember that was like the one thing that always was compelling to me, like in the commercials and stuff is like, Zelda could like possess like these suits of armor and stuff and like yeah it was out. so cool yeah mm-hmm. that seems really cool to me but um... yeah there the what's what's really funny to me about Spirit Tracks is that the villain looks really menacing but the like DS hardware limitations really makes it hard for him to look menacing and then you also have his like menacing design being like completely um completely like uh derailed but um by (laughs) like the fact that all of like the sage people i don't know if they're called sages i think they're called local uh like they're like a race of like trained people but but exactly like they're they're trained people so like you can imagine what that looks like and um (laughs) it's like a centaur but train on the bottom and um i'm not even joking so like whenever the villain does something threatening to like these trained people you can't help but laugh (laughs) you're just like no train person (laughs) like i don't know i i I really like spirit tracks i should play it again sometime i still i still got it definitely all right um shall we move on to what we have been playing this week um no i think we should just talk about uh yeah i guess so. I guess <laughs> if we, we must i guess so uh well we can keep the we can keep the action rpg train going uh um, rain uh oh oh, oh i said train <laughs> um we can keep the action rpg we can, we can keep the spirit of the yeah. action rpg train going <laughs> You see how Legend that of Zelda. Um, <laughs> Legend. Uh, <laughs> all right, I've, I've been Master playing Master Sword. No, <laughs> I've been playing Persona Five Strikers, uh, which just came out a couple days ago. Um, Persona Five. How could you? I know. I. It's it's terrible. After two playthroughs on the original and one a hundred percent playthrough on Royal, you think I would be sick of Persona Five? But I'm not. Atlas knows how to how to milk me from from my wallet. Um, nice, but yeah, Persona Five Strikers. Um, so uh, I feel like I've I've been hearing about this game for forever. This game came out, I believe, two years ago in Japan, um, and only just now are we getting it in the states. Um, and uh, a long time. Yeah, a pretty long time. Uh, I, I mean, the wait for Persona 5 Royal was similar, but it was, I think it was only about a year. Um, and I mean, that's kind of par for the course for a lot of uh, Atlas games because they have to do like the English dub and retranslate and like, especially Persona where there's just yeah. so much dialogue and stuff. Yeah, I was going to um, say RPGs are so text heavy. It yeah. Takes so long. Um, but Persona 5 Strikers, so this is the... Um, 
this is the Dynasty Warriors with Persona game. Um, and uh, that being said, though, um, you you know, viewers, listeners will recall that last week I was a bit critical of Hyrule Warriors: Age of Calamity because um, it is it, it was basically just like you know. It was a it was a good game, but just um you know it was a basic Not as much Warriors charm game. As the, yeah, yeah. Um, Persona Five Strikers is the exact opposite. Um, I hesitate to call this even a Warriors game. This is more like weird Persona action RPG experiment. Um, mm-hmm. and I think because of that, it actually works quite well. Um, I will say, um, you know. A person like me, I've played Persona 5 to death. I have like 300 hours across all my playthroughs. Um, so, you know, I'm pretty familiar with all the characters and the beats and things like that. Uh, Persona yeah. 5 Strikers is uh, is a uh, direct sequel. So um, I if you're not playing this game on PS4 and you just were like, hey, like, I hear this Persona thing is good. Might try mm-hmm. out the Dynasty Warriors version on switch or pc um go watch a let's play uh because you will not understand what is happening at all (laughs) um but if you can get past that this game is a lot of fun i think um it so it leans a lot more on the rpg stuff um you basically uh you know of course you all your characters level up uh there's no like weapon level as in many Dynasty Warriors games, it's just like standard RPG equipment, which really helps simplify things. Mm. Um, and pretty much the way it works is like you'll see like enemies on the field. And once you attack them, you go into like a little confined arena and it becomes like like taking over uh, an outpost in a Dynasty Warriors game where, you know, you just nuke this entire room of enemies uh for like a couple minutes and as you do and you you get Mm -hmm. experience points and money and level up and do all that stuff Mm -hmm. um and it works really well um you know being able to kind of pick and choose your battles um it and the sort of the persona element of this is that um there's two types of enemies there's enemies that are just generic um uh like humanoid black blobs and then there's um, fighting me team yeah exactly exactly <laughs> yeah um and then there's um multi-man smash yeah it, it uh, <laughs> imagine the zero suit Zamus model from um brawl uh for the yeah. multi-man colored black and there you go but okay the other types of mm-hmm. enemies are um uh your personas so occasionally when you win a battle um joker uh not joaquin phoenix uh <laughs> oh oh you mean um you mean the other one you mean yeah no um, uh jared leto yeah um <laughs> yeah i couldn't i there my brain was like fighting over which name to come up with and i almost said um Heath i almost ledger. said like well i didn't even say see i was trying to get to heath ledger but I almost said Jack Nicholson because he mm. played that one version. Of, yeah, of, 1989 Batman. Yeah, so that was a that, I, high um, five to myself for remembering uh, Jack Nicholson Joker before remembering Heath Ledger Joker for whatever um, reason. I mean, both, both 
both good performances, you know. Uh, yeah, both were different Jokers, good performances. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. So Joker, Joker gets uh, new personas that way. Wait, and... which one again? No. <laughs> <laughs> um. From from that point, it's kind of like you know the closest approximation we'll have to like a Persona action RPG where. Um, if, if you're getting too co- tired of the chaos, you can just hold down R1 and uh, pick a spell or um, status effect or what have you from your personas list. And it it shoots it out in an AOE and sort of, um, you know, like the, the, the Ma spells, like the spells that hit every enemy are in like a fan shape and the single target spells are more of a circle. It, it all works pretty mm-hmm. well um the um you have access to the entirety of the phantom thieves uh plus a new character named sophia right off the bat um Mm. which can honestly be a little bit overwhelming just because you know you have eight people's equipment to manage right um that was always how i felt about um the uh switch port of hyrule warriors where like it unlocks most of the characters from the get-go and you're just like whoa and like Hyrule Warriors had like a really good way of just easing you into it naturally. Um, Definitely, I will. Um, I will say um, this: this is this game is pretty hard actually. Um, I'm playing it on normal mode, and um, I definitely had to retry a couple of uh, encounters and boss fights. Um, and especially, if I have one criticism about this game, it's that. Um, you it, it is very possible that you will enter an encounter or a boss fight with just the wrong party members for the job mm. and because persona is all about exploiting enemy weaknesses elemental yeah. weaknesses um and especially in strikers that's really important because that's how you knock enemies down so you can do like your super attacks and whatnot um and uh it, it, you know, on your first playthrough, you're not going to know what weaknesses the bosses have. So on my first playthrough, the first boss, Alice, um, I had, she, her weakness was fire and wind, I believe. Mm. And so naturally I brought the uh, lightning, ice and um, psychokinetic characters. Oh, yeah, um, you know. And I got my ass kicked. Um, but... Um, I mean, that it, that's really the only black mark against the game. I think mm. I think it is maybe a tad too challenging in the beginning because the game really wants you to use your spells on, you know, large groups of enemies to exploit their weaknesses and whatnot. And you're really not going to have a lot of MP at the start of the game. Um, mm. The other thing that I really want to point out, um, and this goes for every Persona game, but this one specifically, um, yeah. The music is phenomenal. Um, this is pro. It, this is going up there with one of my favorite Persona soundtracks. Um, the remixes of um, the old Persona Five music is great. Um, yeah, it it's got this new theme called Daredevil, which has which is like the sort of uh, mid boss theme, um, and it's got this like part where it's like a metal singer going like yeah. um it i mean literally every remix besides um rivers in the desert 
uh, every song on the mm-hmm. soundtrack is great. Um, and is I it, mean, is it like a, is it like Hyrule Warriors where a lot of it is like really just drum heavy like versions of the of the original songs? Because um, that, not that that's a bad thing, but I just remember like one of my favorite things from uh, Hyrule Warriors is is the Skyloft theme, but it's mm-hmm. it's really just a sped up version of Skyloft with like some like banging drums and like yeah. sick guitar riffs and like that's really it but like I mean, it works so well it is mostly guitar riffs i will say but i think what i think what just clicks about it is like because the original persona 5 had a it, the music was like mostly like persona 5 invented jazz <laughs> yeah it was it was a combination of jazz and rock um it invented and, jazz and so the <laughs> <laughs> the jazzier songs um you know when they add that sort of dynasty warriors guitar funk like it doesn't seem out of place um and it, it just uh it works really well it's it i was very pleasantly surprised by the amount of rpg like in this game i thought it was going to be much more dynasty warriors but you know mm-hmm. If, if, if you're tired of all the Warriors games and you're a fan of Persona 5, this is a this is a must-get for you. Mm. Yeah, that's really... I, I don't know. I um, I just think it's it's interesting how many crossovers we've been getting with, like, the Warriors-style like, mm. gameplay and I, all these different franchises. And, and I, I will, think it's cool. Um, I will die on this hill. I think we need... I, they should make a avatar slash legend of Korra warriors game that would do that would, so good that would it's, be awesome yeah um and not video game related but uh that's probably possible with like a lot of the news happening around uh, yeah definitely. avatar right now that the whole studio opening up and anyway or, uh, that's not just, a video game so i don't care about it mm-hmm. oh wait uh, we, can, we can fix this we can fix this uh, uh platinum made a legend of Korra game it was okay the length the length was a problem we get platinum to do a full length avatar slash legend of Korra game. It'll be great. We did. Yeah, we, say, we brought it back to video games. Thank God. Actually, there was, um, there was a really good, um, there was a really good, uh, avatar, the last airbender game for the Wii that I used to play. Mm. Um, and I never finished it, but there was a game boy advance port that I did play a lot more and I didn't finish that either, but I came a lot closer and it's more or less <laughs> the same game. Um, but more like puzzle oriented yeah and uh and that was a lot of fun and also weirdly enough made by half brick studios who went on to make like fruit ninja and other oh, like really popular like mobile games so that was that was interesting um, also um someone made an avatar game in like dreams recently or oh. i think they're still working on it and mm. uh you should dreams you should look so that cool. up because it's pretty damn impressive honestly yeah dreams is awesome mm-hmm. um so yeah, anyway, I've been playing uh, Fruit Ninja recently. Um, got it on my phone. It's been really cool. <laughs> I, thought, so I thought you were being serious there for a second. <laughs> so basically, you're a ninja, right? Yeah. And there's these fruits flying up at you, you and you swipe them with your finger. And like you, sometimes you can get crazy and use multiple fingers. Um, you're a ninja and you are the world's most dedicated carnivore. Um. <laughs> <laughs> um I, I would hope not, because then it would be Meat Ninja, and then yeah. But, well, no, uh, see, that's that's it. You wanna you wanna purge all the fruit. Um, oh, so you could, yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. hate you hate the fruit. I see. You're not making a salad. You're destroying the fruit. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Um. No, I, I've 
So I've been, I kind of just wanted to rapid fire through two games I've been playing because I haven't really played much of either of them yet. I, I meant to get around to it, but um, I've been playing Strider. I mentioned that in the last episode, I think, um, because we were talking about, well, I was talking about Marvel versus Capcom 2 and how Strider's design made me like interested in the Strider series. Mm-hmm. And what I think is interesting is that I did a little research and like apparently um strider is kind of like the captain falcon um of of marvel versus capcom where like he was like failing like and and like fading into obscurity but his appearance in those games like really brought him back into the public eye and that's what ultimately got him i think 2014 uh correct me if you know tom but i'm pretty sure it came out in 2014 but that's what got him essentially a reboot the uh, the metroidvania one yeah um and that's a lot of fun. I mean, I've been playing it a little bit and it's, it's a ton of fun. Like the, the music is pretty solid. Um, the sense of progression is really like awesome. Like it's been a really long time since I've played a Metroidvania game. And like, I mean, like, you know, I, I, I've played some recently, but not like, not like this, you know, I, I haven't played it and like really gotten into it recently. And so it's just been a fun, like rediscovery of a genre, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. And, um, I've just been going around being a cyborg ninja, cutting things in half. Um, the sense of progression that I mentioned briefly a second ago um, is really strong because, like, oftentimes you'll fight a boss or a mini boss or some kind of like challenging enemy, um, and they'll be really, really tough. And then it like they'll basically the game introduces a new enemy type by making them a boss fight. And they're really hard to kill until you finally defeat them. And they're, and it turns out they were guarding the item that they're weak to. So oh, you go nice. on later on and you find these bosses. Like almost immediately after you fight that original enemy as a boss, you will find another version of that boss like in the next room. But you have the weapon that they're weak to now. So you can just shred them. And it's I, so satisfying. That's always the best part of any metroidvania game is going back to the earlier areas that gave you shit and yeah just wrecking up the place i mean i i really love i don't care if it's like a trope i don't know i don't know if it's really a trope that's overdone or not but it's one that i've recognized it so it's tropey enough to where i've recognized it but um i really like in video games when the like an early boss or like bosses in general eventually become normal enemies mm-hmm. um because one game I think that that does uh, that does that really well is is Carol Blaster, which is um, sort of a spiritual successor to Cave Story, made by Studio Pixel, um, and and that that game's final level is like a gauntlet of basically just every boss you fought like in mass, like just like <laughs> everywhere you you and you basically have to and that's only the first half of the level and then it's basically just this huge gauntlet it's awesome uh care blaster is awesome but that's not the game i want to talk about i want to talk about a little bit about mother three um because i've been replaying it a little bit recently uh just you know no reason i just you know mother three has nothing to do with me talking about uh mother npcs recently I, i don't know it's just you know a little thing i've been doing um but yeah mother three is awesome um I don't want to say too much because I just encourage people to play it by any means necessary. And it's one of the most easy games to get spoiled for on the internet, but um, it's amazing. Like I I'm not even joking. If you like, there's a villain 
that if you just type in their name on Google, like the, you know how like Google gives those boxes of like those quick results, the Google, like Google will spoil mother three for you. Mm-hmm. If you, if you type in the name of one of the characters. Um, and so it's just, I, I don't know. I just, if you can play mother three without uh, engaging with anybody else, um, do it. It's, it's, it's a spiritual journey. Um, you know what? I, I think the, mother series should adopt is and i just recently learned this is um for xenoblade 2 um there's a something that happens in it like you know three-fourths the way through the game um and it like fundamentally changes a character um and so when they're talking about that character like post that um yeah they call them catalyst um just Mm. just because that's the name of their weapon um uh, and so like that the makes game it, refers to them as cattle like the people outside the game or people within the game like people, in universe people or out 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 of the universe like people okay. on the internet will that's awesome that um, character is catalyst uh just to avoid spoilers for newcomers but the thing is is that the thing is, is that these characters i don't know if you know who i'm talking about but these characters have two separate names already yeah well game. i mean that's true that's true it's just it's just a matter of like if you google one you will immediately find the other it's just impossible to like dissociate them um so i don't know we call uh, them we call them just... skywalker and we call them vader there okay. we go yep um <laughs> that's kind of fitting um so i i don't know like it, it's just sort of an impossible problem to like mm-hmm. or it's, it's kind of impossible to to work around it and it's not it's one it's of those hard things because it's it's easy to see coming too. It's it's really easy to see coming. So I think people just dis, like discredit it as like a spoiler. But it's like no man, like someone. It's going to work on someone. I swear. Like yeah, um, uh, it's it, for me. It's like uh, like I think the reason like you should play Mother Three for the story, but yeah. you can't tell anybody about the story to get them to play it. Other than it's it's really good. And and um. That that's kind of what my friend did to me. That's kind of what my friend Josh did to me. Um, and we now have uh that podcast, and we talk a, a little bit about how he got me into into the Mother series. And that's basically what he did. He just would like come up to me and be like, "Play Mother 3. and <laughs> like he wouldn't tell me anything about it. He would just be like, "Play Mother 3. and I did, and it and I understand it. So my yeah. I'm forwarding the message: Play Mother Three. Um, <laughs> you don't really need to play Earthbound. It helps. There's some references, and you'll probably yeah. smile a little bit that, more uh, what, what's the theory like the hot dog stand guy is ness or something like that i don't know but um the franklin <laughs> badge is in uh is in the game and there's there you can find what is supposed to be implied ness's yo-yo you can find ness's yo-yo um and yeah there are just references all throughout uh, the game also you'll completely that whole boat ride sequence will go completely over your head oh yeah um, i mean that will go over your head <laughs> that's hilarious um yeah that will go over your head um but uh you know it's not integral Um, yeah absolutely not you can you easily play mother three on its own and have a blast yeah i mean earthbound's a great game too i mean don't don't knock earthbound you know if you want to play earthbound first go ahead i they're both great games i encourage you play both of them but Mm -hmm. uh, i'm actually planning on doing another earthbound playthrough after I wrap up this Mother 3 playthrough. So who knows? Maybe I'll have something to say about that. And maybe I'll finally finish Mother 1. Maybe I'm mm. insane. Who knows? Yeah. Um, I M- Mother 1's a little... 
a little too archaic for me. It's um, it's it's a game only a mother could love. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Ba, 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 I mean, ba, ba. just <laughs> so, so much grinding in Earthbound Beginnings. I mean, G- Jesus Absolutely. Christ, it's it's hard. Um, it's a hard game. I mean, there's a part where like near the end where this robot helps you and like it dies immediately. Like it's yep. supposed to like carry you through the rest of the game and it dies like immediately. So that like speaks to how hard this game is, I guess. I mean, granted that's like a scripted event. It's supposed to happen, but like it's, you know, it's a metaphor. Yeah. Or, or like um, the fact that you can get game over is extremely easy. And like the first route of the game is like, yeah, I mean, it's hard, but that's kind of, that's almost sort of like the th- part yeah, of the, theme of the yeah. game too. So I don't know. I, I like Mother One. I, I don't hate it. It's definitely it, the worst, but it's not, you know, it's not. It, the it has game. value in its own right. Just not in the same way that mo- that Earthbound or Mother 3 especially have. Right. Anyway, I think it's a good time to wrap up before I start talking definitely. about the insane history of um, Itoy um, and <laughs> just how he emerges from nowhere. Um, um yeah all right nowhere anyway, <laughs> well if um, you want to see my emergence from somewhere uh you can follow <laughs> me on twitter at thomas m brickman i also do another podcast with my friend emily where uh we talk about jojo's bizarre adventure it's called i want to fight Iraqi. uh disclaimer we do not actually want to fight him that's just the name of the show uh you can uh, listen to that wherever you listen to podcasts and there's also uh, social media accounts for that on Twitter and uh, Instagram. I think uh, uh, I think you and Emily have a good shot against him. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean two yeah. two on one. You know, he's like sixty years old. I think we can take him. I think so. Um, anyway, if you want to see me, um, you know, uh, I don't know what's the opposite of emerge. If you want to see me submerge into nowhere, um, <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter uh, at Hey It's Kevo, and I also do another show um, with my friend Josh. If you want to hear me talk more about Mother um, and Mother Three, but in it, you know Earthbound specifically this time, um, you can check out our show, um, Everyone and Their Mother. Uh, Tom has listened to the first episode, and mm-hmm. he has put his seal of approval on it yeah um, uh i mean just to be serious for a second like really really good stuff uh if you guys are at all fans of earthbound or or any mother series you you really need to do you really do need to check out everyone and their mother uh it's it's a show where we plan on dissecting every single npc in the mother series and it is going to be a wild ride we started with captain strong a cop who beats up kids um mm-hmm. and uh his potential um sc- uh, scandalous relationship with an aunt um <laughs> so please check it out uh you can find it on twitter uh you can find the account for it on twitter at eat mother because we like to eat mothers um <laughs> and also you know twitter character limit um <laughs> kevin does condone cannib- cannibalism i, do condone I however can- do not i i i'm just saying as long as it's consensual um, <laughs> consent is key always yes, um yeah especially in cannibalism um and and really anything else um yeah. so thank you for listening to this show and potentially our other shows um the end we'll see you guys next time